Middle, middle, cough. Hey, be, hey, Happy Halloween or November, depending on when you're listening to this. But if you're watching it live on YouTube, what is up, everybody? You can check out our podcast down in the description below. What is up, everybody? Hi, guy, do you have candy ready? You're a homeowner. You're going to have kids coming to the house. You're going to get a lot of knocks, a lot of doorbells. Get yep. ready. It's you're about candy, candy corn. It's coming. You, you did not get them candy corn, did you? I just did. I did a big bag of candy corn, and then with my hands, I put it in individual Ziploc bags, sealed them up myself. So what do you think? <laughs> you're going to get a lot of traffic tonight. Did not give out a, no candy corn. I don't know. Every year, people are debating candy corn. I don't understand the debate. It's terrible. It's, you know, one of the few chewy candies that you can get. You know what I had yesterday? I hadn't had it in years. You remember the Tootsie Rolls that are flavored, like fruit-flavored Tootsie Rolls? Do you remember those? Uh, you would, you would never really, get no. them. No, you would never. I've forgotten about them. They don't stick in your teeth. So wow, that was I, a solid candy. You would never buy it for yourself, but if somebody has it. I was uh, went to the Cal Oregon State game, and then we came back, yes, went to did. Stadium Pub to watch uh, the Fresno State game, and... Uh, Mainly the Fresno State game, yeah, and uh, packed house. A lot of people in there drinking, watching games. They the the bartender. I mean, there were several bartenders. Like probably about eight thirty at night, came around with just Reeses and Snickers, and we're handing them out to all the different fucking people getting wasted. Obviously, everyone's just a good eating time. candy. That's an yeah, easy one. Great time. Easy, very easy. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, we've got a YouTube. Jo- go check it out. And by the way, we will have another DraftKings game this week, so you can also uh, peep that as well. Uh, okay. Well, there's also, a link. Yes, to. there's a link. Yep. And leave uh, leave a review, leave a question in the Apple iTunes and get on the mailbag. We do it every, uh, comes out every Saturday. No big deal. Just here working, trying yep. to provide for our families. That's right. So <laughs> go check out the mailbag. Leave us a question. Tell us your favorite bar when you enter a question in the mailbag. So much to talk about today, John. Before we do, let's tell the people. I'm sure this was what you're doing at Stadium Pub with uh, with uh, Tyler Raber and Brian Hawkins. Scotty Raber, Brian Scotty Hawkins, Raber. And, and Scotty's Sorry. girlfriend, Maria. Sorry, Scotty. Uh this podcast is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Yep, Tito's Handmade Vodka. As you can see, if you follow us on uh, on the Twitter.com, a lot of people are drinking it. If you follow oh us on Instagram, God. also pr- link into those as well. Just happens to be the number one vodka in America, and there's nothing like, uh, you know, drinking a couple of them. As you see, I'm still wearing it, you know, 12 hours later. Tito's sodas till the cows come home, and uh, I can't ever get enough because it's one of the greatest drinks in the world. Uh, I swear by them. I live by them. And I can't recommend it. I mean, I literally recommend it to every single human I meet. But if you want a little flavor, you can go with a John Daly. Go, you know, straight lemonade. You can go with a little splash of crayon. A lot of different options, but it's it's hard to beat. Number one vodka in America, Tito's, American made. Uh, you guys know the drill. We're, we're, we're honored to be associated with them. Yeah, we are. And a lot of you have, uh, as John said, been sending us pictures of you enjoying your Tito's and savoring responsibly. We appreciate you sending those. Keep sending them. In 1995, Tito Beverage himself built his own distillery, John. Maxed out 19 credit cards. He did it for the he did it for the love of the game, and he built something special. Six times distilled in copper pots. He started winning awards like crazy, and the next thing you know, it was the number one vodka in America. It's distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. It's 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, and it is crafted to be savored responsibly. Whoop, thank you, Tito's, whoop, for the whoop, whoop. all right, and thank you for supporting Tito's podcast. Also brought to you by. Oh! mybookie.com or actually mybookie.ag <laughs> promo code ham the number one well they will match that first deposit they will double it in fact up to a thousand dollars if you accept the bonus you must bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds or you can decline the bonus 
Uh, either way, let them know that we sent you. We are on fire. On the fire. And uh, there's only one thing to do, John. There's only one thing to do. Bet more. Give us our own flowers. Yeah. MyBookie.ag promo. We got also, if you're listening to this Monday morning, you got Monday Night Football uh, coming up right around the corner. And the line on that game is currently not the greatest game on paper. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs, Danny Dimes is currently Chiefs minus 10 and a half. I, I honestly kind of like, I the, like Giants the Giants plus 10 and a half. They're game, Giants in, in, Kansas, in Kansas City. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually kind of like Chiefs. Over under 52. Um, that's ten and a half is a lot, but I, I could see the Chiefs trying to like Stella try to get their groove back. Mm, mm. You know, like Kyle so. trying to get his groove back. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look, things have been going well. We have now won six in a row. Our pick this week was the Steelers plus three and a half. I had a few people uh, hit me up the last few days, like, "What was the lock? I missed it." The lock is always on our Thursday night podcast or Thursday afternoon podcast or whatever it is. This week, the lock was Steelers plus three and a half. We have now hit. Six in a row. We put 300 on each of those games, and uh, we've been rolling it over and rolling it over. And, John, we decided to spice it up a little bit this week, and that was a uh, – got to tell you people, that was a thrill. That was a thrill. At different points of the day, I thought any of the four teams was going to kill our kill our four-team parlay. I felt pretty good all day, even when it was 10-3 to 3 about the Steelers. I, I was really confident about the Steelers. Uh, I can't say the same thing for the. We took the Steelers definitely. money line in the parlay. To be clear, yeah, for the Steelers, I was a little nervous about the money line, but just our flat bet on the Steelers, I was very confident. This was found money. I was not confident at all with this parlay. I thought it was dead about seventy-five different times, and even once we cleared the other three games. I mean, the Jets, obviously, we took them plus ten and a half, but to win outright, incredible. The Niners, it looked like they were dead for rights, and they came back. The the Steelers to win that game once their kicker got absolutely mu- was it a muffed kick or was it a fake? I kick? thought it was you a see fake. Th- I didn't see the. I, I thought it was fake. Ro- I just saw the roll. Roll looked like a quarterback. Looked like a quarterback. Bam! Hit in the head with a helmet. Absolutely destroyed. I mean, elevated in the air, killed. Uh, that one, I got a little nervous. I think you tweeted like this potential big ramifications here. No kicker. They had to go for two. Uh, when they went up 15-10. When they got up 15-10, I, I was pretty confident. Bills game guy, not confident at all. Uh, it was 3-3 for a large percentage of the game. Then it went 10-3. Bills, to be clear, Bills needed to or cover left. 14. Needed to cover 14. Against it just, Miami. It didn't feel like it was going our way. And then even toward the end, it just didn't add up. You're like, well, they got the ball to, uh, even if they don't score here, they're just going to win by 10 or whatever. We're screwed. Or maybe it was eight. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, just, was, I gave I think up. it was 19-11, I think was the score. And I tweeted, need a pick six here. And Tua, from like his own 15-yard line, almost threw a pick six right then. So then you go, okay, we're good. But then you started texting me like, well, could are we close here? The Bills could just be kneeling on this. I think Miami had one timeout. I saw so, they had none on the ESPN they had none? app. Okay. They had none. They had none. First down, no Second down, no. I'm I think like, we're very. I think we're very lucky that the pick happened before the two minute warning. Then after, I think we would have been fucked, right? If it was one fifty on the clock instead of two ten on the clock, we lose because so they ran you- the ball and the two minute warning stopped it. And for whatever reason, maybe a divisional game helped too because they went for that rollout with Josh Allen. They easily could have just knelt it, right? I they- think. I think if you watch the play again, now that you say that, thinking about it, you know the Bills could have picked up a first down at like the one yard line. I think if you watch it again, 
Josh Allen thinks about going down before he gets to the end zone. Now I that you puke. say, it, I, in in hindsight, that's what was happening. I watched it going like, why isn't Josh attacking the hole? I think he thought about going down. That would have cost us our fourteen parlay, which uh, we put a hundred bucks on that, and it paid. I got this thing is blocking me here, so I can't see. It paid. So one hundred paid one thousand seven hundred forty three dollars and eighty five cents. We have now turned three hundred dollars into thirty four hundred dollars. Now, obviously, a huge reason for that is this. <laughs> you know, this provided it's not just seventeen hundred dollars. It's eighteen forty three because you got to add the hundred. You know, you get the hundred back and you get the winnings. So it's. There's the parlay is a little like a golf bet. It's an incredible ROI. You, we just earned a hundred, you know, it's that's 17 to one right there, guy. That's, that's great. And the jets, there was a, no, that's the, the jets game was no doubt. I mean, they ended up winning the thing outright. There was a moment when chase dropped a touchdown. There could have been a big swing. They ended up kicking a field goal, but you're right. The jets never quit. Well, you're right. And then the Jets, the Jets had a touchdown thrown, an incredible catch, like an Odell catch. Did you see that catch? No, Should've I don't think a touchdown. I did. They overruled it. Um, I named me some of their receivers. I, of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, caught the ball one hand. Like it was, it was Odell esque. They wipe it off. Should have been a touchdown. It was a bad job by the refs. Barrios comes down, has a gorgeous, like tap, tap, drag touchdown. And um, it was on. It was on, John. It was on. So. And a few people, the other thing that makes me very happy is the people that tweeted at us that also bet what we bet. I saw a guy put $50 on it, won $1,000. It's just, we're trying to we're trying to help you out. And I love when we got something right. And you, I'll give you credit, you added the Dolphins. I, I didn't love it, I'll be honest. But I didn't well, say anything. You might I didn't right. love it. I didn't love it. <laughs> I don't know if you feel great about it the way it happened. I was texting you apologizing for throwing that game in there. But I, one thing we've learned, though, when you bet against Tua, even when you feel out of it as a gambler, he can put you right back in it because he throws terrible turnovers. Yeah, shout out to Tua. Yeah, shout out to a Tango Vailoa. Tango Vailoa! Is, is Deshaun, is that, was that his Did last pass? Did you see, as a I, really quick, not to get too off topic because we're going to dive right into the Niners game here, but someone, you were tweeting with someone over the last week about if you just picked only Alabama players, could you find a team that could make the playoffs? Yeah. I think the answer was pretty easily yes. Yeah. But as the starting quarterback, they had Tua, not Mac Jones. Let's say hey, everyone, and I'm not saying everyone, it was one person. If you're doing the Excel spreadsheet with all the Alabama starters, at starting quarterback is McCorkle Jones, right? Yes, no question. Yeah. Uh, Blake on YouTube says, "Are you guys going to talk football or about the stupid parlay? Nobody cares about your bets." You, you want to block? You want to block Blake? You can do that, guy, if you want to block him. No, no, no. Let's let. I'm not into blocking Blake. I mean, everyone that consumes this after the fact can fast forward past if they want, but that's okay. Here we go, John. Let's talk about it. The Niners beat the Bears, and I was thinking about, in addition to just the obvious, which is keep just keep things level, playoff hopes alive, right? Just just kind of not let the whole ship sink, I think is the way we talked about it earlier in the week. It, it was, to me, in some ways, a college football win where it, we never talk about this in the NFL. I think we talk about it a lot in college because college, there's you know, like style points and the eye test matter. And and there's this thing where you just, just beat the teams you're supposed to beat and move on. And this fell into that category. Even on a day when at times it felt like, you know, they weren't going to beat a team that they were supposed to beat. We'll talk about what happened in the game and what what it meant. Like, did it mean something that Kyle fell the like out of rhythm? Ayuk, you know, whatever. But I, to me, the most basic 
thing about this game was it was a college football-like result. Win a game you're supposed to win. Put it away and move on. Well, I think the number one thing coming into this game that we kept talking about was with Khalil Mack missing the game, and he he had been a guy that because of the team he was playing on, I don't think people were locked in. He had been playing awesome. He had been playing like an all-pro, and he was headed to be an all-pro, right? He had six six sacks, which was high up there. I think he was third in the league. He was dominating. Him missing that game, all of a sudden you went, well, shouldn't the Niners have more impact players than the Bears? And I think you saw today the combination of two things. They're impact players. And listen, Elijah Mitchell in their wins has just been an impact player. I mean, he's rushing for 100-plus yards. I don't even know what his final stat line, but he was fucking awesome. Obviously, I know he had more than 100 yards. He had 90 yards in the in the fourth quarter. Duval First back-to-back. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're about to give me a good number. And, du- and Dubal said that that was the most yards in the fourth quarter for a 49er since Frank Gore in 2010. Wow. So, you know, I think their impact players made plays and their head coach and the Bears were missing their impact player and their head coach. Now, you can say, make fun of my guy, Matt Nagy, all you want, but the the Tabor guy with, he actually has pretty good hair, a little blonde hair, uh, that's not their head coach. Like, that's not, it's not an ideal situation to be in. Like, they were at a disadvantage with their best, and the Niners took advantage of it. You know, that's what they had to do to win. Yeah. Yeah. Of the, fir- the first 100-yard rusher in back-to-back games for the Niners since 2018, and that was Matt, I, I never I always screw it up. What what year? Breda? Breda. Breda? Breda. I never have gotten it right. I didn't get it right when he was playing every day for the Niners, so sorry. But 2018, first time they had a hundred yard rusher in back to back games. I said same, I said same guy. Yeah. So um yeah, I mean, you know what's crazy about the game? There was one thing as the Niners trailed at halftime and scrambled to get the ball into scoring position, right? And there was the decision to make, do they use the timeout or not? Because if they don't use it, they're going to give it back to the Bears. And it cost them, Brita, and it cost them um, It cost them a lot of time. Uh, they snapped the ball with 30 seconds after declining to uh, use the timeout after the IU catch. And it, so it cost them about a minute. No, it cost them 30 seconds, sorry, 33 seconds. Ayuk catches the ball on third and four with 103 left in the first half. Okay. Yeah. They don't use a timeout. Then they snap at 30 seconds. So 33 seconds come off the clock because they let the play clock come down. Which so, was probably the right move because you couldn't risk an incompletion from Jimmy and then punting it, you know, and then punting it back. And we, I, I think who knows if this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, what do you mean? The commenters with the name. Oh, I don't know. Okay. But. Uh, I'll, I'll trust them because I'm I'm 50 50 on it. I just throw one out. So they get down and score. Like they hit the they hit the big play. They get down and score. And at that point, even though it felt like you know they were they were lacking, and they were they were seven and a half, almost seven point six yards per play, two yards better than Chicago at five four. Like they were in some ways, I thought better than Chicago. It just they couldn't get a stop. And the crazy thing was they weren't getting stopped. They didn't get stopped at all. Mitch Wisnowski didn't punt. Like the only stop, the only drive that didn't end in points was the first drive of the game when they missed a field goal. The Niners scored on every drive. Uh, And yet it felt like they just weren't going to be able to fully put it together. And you know what? There was a point. I don't know what you were thinking. Probably around halftime, I'm thinking they can't stop him. Fields is running all over the place, kind of doing what he wants. It felt like the numbers did not bear it out, but. At halftime, it felt like they weren't making plays behind the line of scrimmage. 
But it was hard to be mad at the defense because I'm just thinking if you're going to score like nine points, you're just not going to yeah. win the game. If you're going to score 14 points. Now, part of that was there just weren't possessions, right? There just were not possessions in the game. Well, when they showed the clock, they were I think at one point in time at the yeah at the end of the first half, it was like it was nine to nineteen, you know, and obviously some seconds. So it was just like it didn't feel like the 49ers had the ball that long, right? Like they would just yeah the Bears guys were plus were just, nine. That's right. Time of you possession. know, so it was just a huge advantage in the second half that flipped. The Niners kept the ball. Now I will say this, and I know he's taken some heat as statistically. The worst quarterback, I guess Zach Wilson was. He was the second worst, depending on what you looked at, Justin Fields. I thought he was pretty good today. Uh, just looked calm, collected, made some plays. Obviously, his touchdown. Like You were playing a rookie quarterback who was playing. Like If you just said that was Justin Fields in a year, like you, to me, like that was a pretty impressive game from him. I thought he was pretty accurate. Uh, I thought he, obviously, the one play he made where he scrambled around, scrambled a couple times. I think Greg Olson actually is really good on TV. Yes. And he said, you know, I thought he was much more decisive today when he would scramble instead of like, you know, should I run or should I throw? Because I don't want to be known as a run. He just took off a couple times. I, I, I don't think people quite realize this. Lamar, Kyler, two fastest players, like four low four three guys. Fields is the third fastest quarterback. Like he is hauling ass. So it just it's not just, oh, he runs again. Like he should run. He is fast. He's four four. I mean, he's, he, that's hauling ass. I saw, I don't know if he, it's hard to tell with context of Twitter, but uh, Marcus Thompson was like, there was one scramble where it's just Bosa and him, just Ohio State on Ohio State crime. And it's like, God, he made Bosa look really slow. Well, yeah, because Nick Bosa is probably like a four seven guy, which is hauling ass for a defensive end. And that guy's a four four guy. So when you talk about these numbers, there's a big difference always between four four and four six, even though if you and I were just sitting there at the end of the race and just watched a 4-4 guy and a 4-6 guy, it doesn't look that much different in real time. But when one fucking guy has the ball rounding the corner and 97's chasing him, it makes Nick look slow. But Nick's not actually slow. It's just Fields is incredibly fast. I thought Fields, and even Herbert had a couple moments today, uh, Justin's long-lost cousin. They, 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 those two guys are really, really talented. You yeah. know, it's, I was impressed. And Fields is a Fields is very is a he's not just fast he's a really talented runner and he's elusive, so he gets angles, and then it's really impossible. Um, you know, it's a game. We always say the I think the cliche it's a game of inches means if you if you are just a hair off by a degree or two he's gone and that that touchdown he scored on, just goes down as, I mean, just put it in the bucket where you put all the greatest plays in NFL history. I'm not it saying was, it's the greatest it was, it, top it, 10 or whatever. It's just, it, was, it's, it was a remarkable play. Yeah, if there's a VIP room of the greatest plays in NFL history, that play gets into the VIP room. Like, I, I know this. I, I don't know what the reaction was on social media or every single person on their couch on that. To me, that's a play where you tip your hat. Like, that's just... Yeah, it just happened just, to be a back-breaking play. But it wasn't really. It tied the game, right? Yeah, well, it just felt like it was going to, you know... That that could be it. I still felt pretty good because the Niners were playing well. Like it, it took a remarkable play for them to score, um, and from a remarkable player who, to me, I haven't watched every single snap. That had to be his most complete game as a pro. You know, I, I know he has one interception, but at the end of the game, he had no choice. Yeah, that, that I, one I thought, didn't count. I thought he was really good today. I you agree. Know, it was. Yeah, it wasn't even a game you need to look at the numbers. I mean, I'll tell you what they were. Well, 19, 19 to 27, 175, a touchdown, a pick, but 10 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown. And just running was awesome. It just stresses the defense. And they still got to him. Like in the end, they still got to him, right? Mm -hmm. 
Bosa got two sacks. They still, they, as the game wore on, because I thought early in the game, like, they are just missing everything they've had to, the, the domino effect of no Kinlaw is just going to show itself today. That's what it yeah. felt like early on. And, you know, they pulled it together. Well, 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 one thing they started doing, and I mean, it's just, of course, when you score points. Now, if they were playing the Rams, if they were playing a healthy Kyler Murray, and they can match you, right, with scoring touchdowns, it does get more difficult for a rookie quarterback to keep leading touchdown drives. So once the second half, you know, started, you know, that first half, they had nine points, right, all field goals. Well, once you start scoring touchdowns, and then you take the lead against a rookie quarterback, you gain the advantage, right? It felt like the Niners in the first half were kind of getting throttled. You know, if it was a boxing match, like they're getting hit, they're not landing that many punches. Even the punches they land are not doing that much. And in the second half, they constantly had them against the ropes. And they never truly knocked them out, but they, at the end of the game, it was an easy, resounding, every judge gave the Niners the victory. And it's just something that I think every single person has been asking for just win the game and have a stretch of football. And they had to have it at the most important time, losing out of halftime on the road where it's like, are you going to lose to a team that Nagy and Khalil Mack are not even, uh, maybe I didn't, did they show Khalil on TV? I didn't see him. I didn't see him. And I, I wouldn't even blame him if he didn't show. And Nagy obviously is not there. You're going to lose to a team that doesn't have their head coach. And no, they didn't. They flipped the switch and they started kicking ass and taking names. They just kind of overpowered them with their style, right? Running the ball to the edges, knocking it down your throat. Debo making plays fucking all over the place. Like you said, defensively making some key spots. They, they tackled pretty well today for the most part. Uh, you know, just played well in the second half with their back against the wall when it would have been at one point in time. I there Everyone listening to this had to think like the 49ers are going to lose to the Bears. Yeah, because the place was rocking early. Like after the, the missed field goal to start the game, you kind of looked around like did the Bears – I'm not saying that they're better off without Matt Nagy. I'm just saying sometimes when something changes and a team is struggling, maybe there's an inspiration that comes from it. Um, not that I – I don't think they've been – I think they've been bad. I don't. I haven't watched them. I thought they've been uninspired necessarily this year. But but did you notice what? in the second half, like when Juszczyk caught a ball, you heard a lot of Jews. Like, I, yeah. the Niners sneaky. I bet there were a lot of Niner fans there today. There were. I mean, you saw when they missed the extra point, there were a lot of Niner fans in the background when they didn't tie the game. And I thought, God, if the Niners kick a field goal, those four, that point's going to be big because now it's going to be four and we'll get a push. Um, but – uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, the Niners did not play a perfect game. They had some bad – they had a couple key penalties. Armstead jumped on third and nine, and they got the first down, and then they eventually uh, – they took the lead on that drive, and then the Josh Norman holding penalty on a third and eight. I and, hate uh, holdings on that first down. So I, stupid. I, I know. But – so there, there was – you know, and then, and then they get the – we'll talk about Debo, but the Niners get the ball back down 16 to nine. They get the Ayuk screen – the block in the back from Juszczyk, pushing back. Charlie Warner, nothing. Third and 20. And then Game Debo changed. goes for 84 yards. I think it was hard for anyone to see the second half coming just because if the Niners were a 4-2 and two team coming into this game, you're like, okay, they'll flip a switch. They'll be fine. They, there have been no flip switches to flip for a month, right? It's like, yeah. are they just a bad team? That's I, I just kept thinking, are they really just a bad team? They can't be this bad. Like, you can't still have all these functional players. I mean, Trent's out there, Bosa's out there, Debo's out there, Ayuk's out there, Fred Warner's out there. You can't have all these players out there and just be this terrible. And it turns out they're just not. But it did cross my mind, maybe they're not very good. Right? Because I, I did not. How could you? Down at halftime, 16-9 to nine on the road, 
when they've lost four straight games, it was hard to be optimistic. No, I did not. Team. One, from a gambling standpoint, I thought no chance. Even if they pull this thing out, they're going to win by like one point. Yeah, it just, you hadn't seen, you sometimes you see teams that get behind and then come back and win. And now, you know, that Colts game, I think, was a game where you thought, all right, there were times in that Colts game where they were down. And I thought, oh, they'll, they'll find a way they didn't. And then once you see that happen enough times, you stop believing that it'll happen. Now, part of it is they played the Bears today, right? They played the Bears. They didn't play the Colts, who almost beat the Titans, went to overtime with them. They played the Bears. But that's fine. That's that's why when you look at what's coming up, you go, okay, that game helps. That game helps. It counts the same in the standings. And this one helped. You had to get – They just it was a had-to-have-it game. They got it. Now, we'll discuss today and over the next week, you know, what, what did it mean, but you had to have the game. You just had to have the game. Agreed. So, you know, and so the question then becomes, like, was what happened offensively for them – them finding something? Did Kyle find something with their offense that we saw, especially in the second half with the rhythm? And again, they weren't finishing at the end, but they did score on every drive except for that first one where they missed the field goal. Did they find something? Offensively, you see the quote, did Kyle you find see, something? You see the quote from Garoppolo after the game that he said, I mean... Did it have 17 F-bombs in it? Uh, no, his only had about four with a couple shits <laughs> that Kyle called a hell of a game. And I, I think the moment, like, that Debo play happened, like, let's face it, that's a good play call. It's a better play by Debo than the play call. I mean, it was a remarkable play. Like, that's not like, I mean, you get credit for the play call. I mean, Jimmy gets credit for 83 yards as a pass play, even though it won't probably traveled at most, like, eight yards in the air. I guess maybe a little longer because the field's 53 yards wide, so it's you know, probably 20 yards in the air. But the point is that that play gave them some momentum and then they were able to get to the run game. And this is the one with Kyle. Like, I, I don't love it. I would like to just have him be able to have a game where he can call 40 pass plays and the flow of the game looks like an Andy Reid game or a Sean Payton game. It's just not really his offensive style. His offensive style is very predicated on outside runs. I would say more just the run game. He has an erection for outside. To me, his favorite play in his playbook is either some sort of, he did it a lot today, the pitch play, where it feels like use checks in motion, Trent Williams almost pulls, and he is the, you know, the strong side tackle to lead up. He loves that play, and there's a tight end over there. Like that, to me, when I think Kyle Shanahan run game, I think that. Obviously, the outside zone's a big deal, too, but the pitch play, and it, it might have just been as simple as like, well, it's had a lot of success this year, just getting our guy in space. Elijah Mitchell's good in space. But when he could get that play going, then everything off of it felt to come. And we were, I uh, saw someone took ripped part of our video and, and tweeted it out last week of you and I talking at, at my place about how, why, like, why isn't anyone open? And I think it's hard for, like, Kyle does his best work when you're just all out stop the run. And then he can pick you apart with some play action stuff, got, drag guys across the middle, hit guys in stride across the middle that get those yak yards of a slant a seven-yard pass play turns into 18 yards. And then all of a sudden, you get an Elijah Mitchell 15-yard run, a slant play for 18 yards, and you're like, oh my God, did we just travel 40 yards in two plays? Where when they've gone through ruts, it feels like they travel three yards in seven plays. You're like, we're going nowhere. And then today, it felt when you get chunk explosive plays, and for whatever reason, I mean, it's not for whatever reason, Kyle's offense loves the run game and it's it's what his whole offense is predicated off of they get a lot of explosive plays in the run game yeah 
Yeah. And but you could see what the mindset was on the first drive, right? Where they came out and threw on the first three plays. Obviously, on the, the first third down of the game, the connection to Sanu, they had to throw the ball. It was third and ten. But they tried to get the ball to Ayuk on the second play. I mean, he made a couple efforts, tried to get Ayuk on that kind of screen that there was the the block in the back on Yuschek and it got blown up anyway. It didn't really well, I bet matter. they like I bet they like the matchup and I like Jalen Johnson. I'm sure you do. I'm sure everyone does. I mean, Utah, tall corner, but he's not a speed demon. So I bet they Central feel, High School. Central Valley. No sh- no shit. I didn't know that. If you can get a guy Ayuk in space, could he just beat him with speed? And they tried to do that a couple times. It just didn't and they tried to go at him in the it's, goal line. It's like, happened they, clearly couple- they like that matchup. It's happened a few times this year though where they try to get it out to Ayuk in space and somebody just clips him and it goes for three or four yards. Or he doesn't get a block and it just it hasn't quite worked the way you think. I they'll keep trying it, I would imagine, but it hasn't quite worked. I don't think he's actually faster than I thought. I thought he was going to be like a four five eight guy. He ran four five at the combine. So Jalen Johnson, yeah, good second player. Round? I like that guy. Uh, yeah, second round, fiftieth pick. So three, three and done. He's a good he was a, he was a true junior when he came out. I think. I mean, he's he's good, but I, I didn't know. I didn't realize he was quite that fast. Yeah, he was a premium. I think he was like the top recruit at the time that Utah had ever signed in terms of like rating coming out of high school. But Ayuk on the two, yeah, Ayuk on the two point. I mean, they just it did it had a rhythm again, right? And I, you saw you so you said to me like, look, go watch Kyle's post game speech. Two minutes long, like two oh five, heavily edited, like edited out some things. Bleep, not they don't bleep. They just drop the audio on an f bomb or shit. I counted 19 F-bombs or shits from him or Jimmy in the two-minute span, so that's about one every six and a half seconds or so. G- Jimmy came strong with his, like, 10-second performance. Well, it's contagious. <laughs> if, the, if, the, if the head man's doing it, you, you got to do it. But he dropped a – he mentioned Ayuk. He said, you know, Jimmy's had his back, like the rest of us, have been up against the wall. Like, he's aware, obviously, of the, what the perception is. What well, I mean, they, he lost four straight games. Like, it's pretty obvious in the building, right? But it's not even like what the Kawakami's writing or what me and you were saying. Like, it's he's lost four fucking straight games. So you don't even yeah, need it's to not read a secret. anything. No, yeah. but I do think he's aware. I'm not saying he's aware of, like, specific things that are said, but he understands that the feeling is different than yeah. it was at other points in his uh, head coaching tenure when they were also losing games. Like, this one's different than it was for all the other times. And, you know, I, I think they... They let it rip a little bit early in the game. He tried to with the pass game, and then they finally they got their rhythm. I, I did think, watching all of his press conferences post the Colts game. Oh, and Ayuk had the punt return. I forgot about that. Yeah, nice he, he had his best game of the season by far. Just from a, from just like, a, God, he looked really good. I mean, it helps when the ball's in his hands. Uh, you know, novel concept, throw, yeah. get the, him the ball. Yeah, because not every play is going to work, so do it again. Is listen, it's not as aggressive out here with media scrums. Like it, it takes specific incidents, right? I remember going way back to Harbaugh when the story broke about him getting traded. It just started getting contentious in the group. This week, the media, just the questions he's getting asked, it's not quite Philly or New York, but it is as uncomfortable as it gets for the West Coast with Kyle all week. Ask about every situation, a lot of stuff about how the fans are feeling, like. So, you know, he is, it's kind of in his face a little bit with everyone coming from, you know, Mayoko. Mayoko, I thought, put on a pretty good performance the last seven days of just of drilling old Kyle. That, that's just the nature of the sport when you lose four games. And that's where going to this game, I thought, I, I kept thinking, guy, Kyle Shanahan is going to lose five straight games. 
How many coaches, like top coaches, and we can debate all we want, and this record now is 32 and 39, but just a guy who has the financial security as Kyle, who went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Like, do you think Andy Reid's ever lost five straight games? Sean Payton's ever lost five straight games? Bill Belichick, five, five straight games? Even with an extra game, that's a fucking shit. I mean, Jesus, five straight losses? And I, I thought... I didn't think it was a lock they were going to lose because they're still playing a rookie quarterback. And I'm like, I don't know how Kyle's going to get out of this thing. And until that Debo throw, I was not very optimistic. How could you have been? I mean, they haven't won. The team was just the field goals. Like, you can't just keep kicking field goals. No. What faith did you have in Jimmy of, like, leading touchdown drives? And then he just, you know, Kyle kind of got his groove back with the play calling. And it felt, they have felt very specific on good drives this year. It's clear what a Kyle Shanahan good drive looks like. And that's why I go back to the running game. And it's, that's what makes me a little nervous is sometimes you just can't run for 140 yards with one guy, right? Now, maybe Kyle would just say, hey, we don't need, it's not necessarily about the yards. It's can we just be effective with the run game for me able to call the plays and I can get my quarterback in much more comfortable positions if we can just be effective on drives with the run game. We don't need to run for a total of however many yards they had today. You know, they ran for 145 and averaged five, six a carry. If we just run for 100 yards, so 40 less, but on specific drives, get first downs with the run game, get a couple seven-yard runs, then I can keep them on their heels and I'll be fine. But if yeah. we're running in games for 50, 60 yards, yeah, our, our offense is going to be in trouble because that is where – a lot of other teams can have a lot of success. Like a lot of teams can win games when they run for 60 yards and their quarterback can throw for 400. That's not the way Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners are set up, right? No, I mean, 322 today, but 83 of those on that, you know, the, the pass to Debo on that tunnel screen. So it was really 239 outside of that play. But didn't you feel like they, they made a concerted effort to throw the ball down the field more in the game? Because I texted well, you De- early. They, like, hit Debo been... on the bi- they hit Debo on the big one before the end of the half. Well, they, the second play of the game was the shot to Ayuk. Took a big shot to Ayuk. Yeah, they took several shots today. You know, now some of it they were in some third and longs, but I thought they I thought they made a concerted effort to push it down the field a little more. And I texted you early in the game, like kind of making a joke, like you want them to throw the ball downfield more. Then you see them throw the downfield throw and it they're not connecting on it. And it's and all of a sudden they're in a third and ten. I mean, they you know, that's Eddie now Eddie Jackson hasn't been really that great actually since Fangio left, but he is, you know, I mean they're starting safety who's a playmaker in theory went out like was that like the first series of the game that was the Ayuk throw wasn't that the Ayuk throw was across the middle to Ayuk where Eddie's kind of chasing him yeah whatever I mean it was the first series of the game Eddie Jackson goes out so maybe you just know they're starting they have a backup safety and you're just more inclined to take shots would they have taken shots with him as consistently I you know I don't know yeah you're saying it maybe was dictated by the defensive personnel which is a smart thing to do right you see it a lot like when uh you know, a starting corner goes out and, the, and you know, Joe Buck will be like, well, they got this uh, six round rookie coming in. And then the next play is like Tom Brady's going right at him. Like, that's what you should do when you get a weakness. You exploit it. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what, what else did they do today? Why do you have success on the edges? Well, 52, one of the best run defenders of my lifetime who would have had the edge. Like, it's a little harder for Dwelly and Usechek just to contain the edge. right? Or McGlinchey, he ain't there. Run the shit out of the edges. So I give Kyle... You're going to spend all this time game planning. They they took advantage coming into the game, kind of. I mean, they, they got their flow, but they they knew that this guy's not there, so you could hammer it home. And they, and they you know, they adjusted well as the game went on. And now Don't you get Kittle back, hopefully. And now you get Kittle back, yeah. Right. Like you said, hopefully. He's eligible to return. We'll, 
Yeah, yeah, right. And Kyler, will, I mean, Kyler, what did Jay Glazer say about Kyler? He said one to three weeks, but you and I both before Ankle we sprint. hit record on this, you know, I'm not, if you, I wouldn't put like a, I don't expect him to miss the game. Not saying he won't miss the game, but I'll just, just, we'll just good to wait be true. and see this one. Yeah. Right. Though I do think the Niners rode this, right? They've given a lot of teams <laughs> 7 million guys to miss games over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. They might be owed it. I, I wonder, you know, is there such a thing as a, as a carryover? Do, do, does, does finding something against one team offensively when it's not anything new, it's just getting back to doing what you do efficiently. Does that carry over when now you're playing a different team who's better, right? The Cardinals are better on defense than the Chicago bears are. Um, but the Niners, John missing early, a guy right away. JJ's out for the year. Yeah, now, and, and JJ's been good, but like early in the game at one point, or maybe it was around halftime. I think the bears were whatever they were on third down, like five of six or six of eight. The Niners were two of six. Well, what's two of six? It's 33%. Well, guess what? The Niners are a 31% third down conversion team. That's what they are. The, the Niners and the Bears were tied. I mean, percentage points. The Niners were 29th. The Jags were... No, the Niners were 30th. The Jags were 31st. And the Bears were 32nd in third down conversions coming into the game. It was all 32 point something percent or 31 point something percent. So that was part of their issue. So the question is like, is there more confidence? Is there more confidence in Ayuk now than there was so to force the ball to him? Right? I don't know. Like that's that something has to carry over. Like your rhythm doesn't just carry over in the next week automatically because you had it on and, Sunday. It doesn't show it, up with you. And this goes back to what I said at the beginning. The good thing for the Niners, unlike the Bears, who have a rookie quarterback and an offense that have been putrid for years, and the Jags, who are, I mean, a joke. They lost 31 to 7 today. Like they're just not very good. The Niners, while they haven't been good this year, do have guys on the team that know what good is, right? Jimmy has led good drives. Trent Williams, an elite player. McGlinchey's been a part of good well, drives. Alex Mack, Debo, Ayuk. Like, these guys know what good, productive. You get Kittle back. Now, and then you find in this rookie, you know, that just immediately, I don't know, Elijah Mitchell looks like a five-year veteran playing. He looks the way he looked in college when we watched the tape, John. He well, to sweet. your point, good players who know what good football looks like. Runaway Turtle on the stream Quotes Nick Bosa post game. Bosa said, according to Runaway Turtle, I mean, this could be a made up Bosa quote. I think the offensive line took this one to heart and they thought they could be playing better this season and they showed what they could do out there. I don't think it's nothing either that uh, Trent Williams, who had missed a game, clearly had missed practice this week, you know, up until like Friday, I didn't think. And then all of a sudden it, he went to, you know, was back at practice and he played. You know, that that to me was uh, a huge deal for the 49ers just to get probably pound for pound your best player. You see, they're at the Warriors game and they announced Debo Samuel and he's sitting next to Trent Williams, an eight-time Pro Bowler, and then later in the game they show him on the Jumbotron and Trent's like, fuck, you already missed me. Screw you. You don't get to come back. That's I, know. I love if Debo Samuel Trent, and Debo's becoming a star, but I'm an eight-time Pro Bowler. You see how much Google my, my contracts. He's wearing a pendant. Right, like a diamond encrusted pendant around his neck. That should be a tip that that's somebody sitting there. And he's it's not like he's he's huge, he's massive, he's <laughs> massive. But that's the way it is, John. Behind the face mask, they just no one gives love to the offensive lineman. Um, and I guess the mask mask. But they also tweeted out a photo like 19 problems in the building, and you see like you know Trent Williams shoe. You know, it's just like damn, no respect, yeah, any love. But it also, you know, it's also a, re a reflection of of um, how beloved Debo Samuel is, which which we will also get to. So, you know, uh, before we do that, John, let's tell the people real quick that this podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at 
Overland. Overland. Now, these, I'm wearing mine. You are wearing yours. Overland.com slash ham. Put them up, put them up. When I came over to your house, I was a good house guest. I brought my own slippers because uh, that's what you do, you know? I'm not very flexible. Did you just, hurt, did you just pop a hammy? Yeah, I mean, I got close. I, I pulled the leg back down before it popped. But sometimes it, you know, I have to put my foot out of them just because they're so warm. They feel so good. They're so comfortable. I, I went to the uh, to get my uh, my uh, mail earlier today. Mm-hmm. Wore these because the the sole, you know, Ones you can just that. walk on the concrete. The, even the wet, you just like having a shoe on. But it's actually like having a slipper on. Can't yeah. recommend them enough. Overland.com slash ham. They're fantastic. Family-owned American Heritage brand that's put comfort and quality first for nearly 50 years. They've got a ton of other leather goods, outerwear, accessories, home decor. But the slippers is what we got. And they've got expert craftsmanship, the highest quality merino sheepskin, which is natural, naturally moisture-wicking, temperature-regulating, antimicrobial, with supportive memory foam midsoles in order to make the slippers that feel better, wear better for longer. And Overland sets itself apart with the true double face sheepskin. So the suede you see on the outside is the same piece of fluffy sheepskin you feel on the inside. Don't wait another day. They've got a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Slip into something way more comfortable. Get the best, highest quality sheepskin slippers on the market at overland.com slash ham. You'll get free shipping and free returns. Go today. They're beloved. They've been known to sell out. Overland.com slash ham. Overland.com. Slash ham. Elite. Podcast also brought to you by our friends at Puesto. John, this is the good stuff. This is the good stuff. Puesto. We've been telling you about Puesto now for a little while. Mexican artisan kitchen and bar. In fact, we started telling you about Puesto, and some of you were like, yeah, we know about Puesto. It's phenomenal. We went native Puesto, their location in Concord. And guess what, John? It delivered. It's, It's awesome. Now, listen, it's double whammy. Puesto's got a little something special coming. Uh, the one in Concord, the one in Santa Clara for our Bay Area residents. For those in Southern California, same thing. Taco Tuesday deal starts at 3 p.m. and goes until close. It'll be every Tuesday moving forward. Half off tacos, guy. Half off all tacos. That's Can you do half off all tacos? How That's do you a great do deal. that? I, I just I don't know if you do. You know, so Plus half the, off all tacos. Yeah, that's and, the Taco uh, Tuesday. That's the Taco starts Tuesday. Goes starts until at three. Close. Goes until close. Also, guy, we got a 49er home game this week. I, you've seen the, the record. They haven't won many home games. No, they, they have not. The Cardinals rolling in. So if you're going to the game, 49ers, Arizona Cardinals, might be Colt McCoy. The Niners are owed Colt McCoy. Uh, you get 110, section 110 or 129. Puesto's in the stadium. So go get a taco at the game Sunday. Imagine that's a 1 o'clock uh, little kickoff. So, yeah, go check it out. Oh, God. I, my favorite, the quesabiria taco, which is the crispy melted cheese, braised short rib, plus the Jalisco salsa. Jalisco. Pickled radish, classic guacamole. The tortillas are made in-house daily from scratch. Uh, made to order, featuring organic non-GMO masa from Macienda. I still don't know if that's an ingredient, a plant, or a place. But you can find uh, nothing better on the market than the tortillas that they make every day at Puesto. Eric and Alex, the Adler brothers, they are doing it right. ton of Southern California locations. The Bang Bang Margarita, one of the many margaritas they have. And Lydia from Puesto John also told us not only about Taco Tuesday, but they have happy hour now every Monday through Friday from 3 to 5. That's $9 Puesto Perfect Margaritas, $7 Wine by the Glass, $6 Shot of the Day, $5 Puesto Draft Beers, and half off all their snack and share items. And like you can in fantasy football where you stack your lineup, 
quarterback, two receivers from the same team or something like that. On Tuesdays, you can stack up happy hour and taco Tuesday, right? So you can go in, you can get the $9 margarita and you can do the taco Tuesday, half off tacos, bing, bang, boom. There you go. Go check it out. Eatpuesto.com to uh, check out more of their menu. Okay. So what do you do at quarterback now for the 49ers? Jimmy Garoppolo played. Uh, presumably Trey Lance will only be healthier from that knee sprain. He has played against the Arizona Cardinals. Tr- Jimmy played well. Like I, you know, it, it's, this is, that was Jimmy Garoppolo when Jimmy Garoppolo is playing his good football. That's not Jimmy. I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo turned some corner or look out now the whole conversation changes, but that is when he, what he looks like when he plays well. Well, what about seven, uh, the seven Trey Lance plays today against the Bears? Oh, wait, didn't get him. Happen. No, so he didn't no. play. I think all. we'll get him next week, though. I do think we'll get him against the Cardinals. I I don't know if I could say that because I, I think Kyle has shown now that that two quarterback thing that we once upon saw once upon a time. Now maybe he'll do a play or two. Yeah. But if Jimmy, like today, I think you saw both sides of Jimmy. He there were several drops. But some of those drops are because they're not exactly hitting the guy in the numbers. They have to reach. And some of the, you know, some of his 17 completions are fantastic catches from like Sanu leaping like he's Tracy McGrady in the air or Debo making a play out of his ass. So it's, he is an inaccurate quarterback. And when I say inaccurate, I don't mean like, you know, one of the worst quarterbacks of all time. He just throws it in the vicinity, but you have to make a play. Now, he also sometimes hits a guy in stride. But more often than not, he misses high. And I think it's also why, if you just look at some of Jimmy's picks, it goes off guys' fingers and the tips and overthrows and it's picked behind him, right? Now, he's throwing picks to guys. But, yeah, Jimmy, a couple plays in the red zone. They call his number. He's athletic enough. He runs it in. But, like, I I don't come away because I think it's like, oh, Jimmy threw for 322 yards. Well, like you said, 83 yards of that are off a play that Debo made, and he gets all the credit. Uh, That's just part of the way the game is. I mean, Mahomes has gotten a lot of touchdowns on the push pass. It's the way the game is statistically you know accounted for but like yeah it was for jimmy that was as as good as he's played since 2019 but i still think in like in a like when you really go for the context of the game there were several throws drops and catches that are just kind of hold on to your ass for that are a little high and that's just his game he just he misses high like he misses high which to me is scary against better teams you were able to avoid it uh, but I, I, it's just something that I am not like come away. Just think that Jimmy is just some savior now and he's got his groove back, you know? No, no, I, I still, I, I think Trey's still very much on the table. Now to your point about how much does Trey play next week? If I were going to agree with you, watch a game. And as you're watching the game, try to figure out where to put Trey Lance in. Like if you watch that bears game today, and and watched it with in your mind. Let's see if we can get Trey Lance a series. It's really hard to find a spot, right? Because it's like, all right, the the Bears score. It's a one score game. So what do you do here? Do you do it here? Down a score when you feel like you can get down the field. If you do it and you fail, then they get the ball and score. Now you're down two because you try to work them in. It it is it's hard. You take a lead. You're like, well, I don't want him to throw a pick, so I can't do it there. So I agree with you. It's 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 way easier in theory than in practice to say I'm going to work this other quarterback into the game. Do you but, also think with the with the drops, it evened out with some of the great plays that some of his wide receivers make from high pointing the ball? Um, I don't I mean, know. They have to, I, they I have think to part leap of the, off the ground. No, I know they do. I do think part of the job of the receiver is 
you just have to have the te- the best teams in the league have receivers that go catch the ball that doesn't hit them between the numbers. So when you've got a big third down play and you drop it because it's high, but you get both hands like it just is a drop. Like you know a drop. I'm not, I'm not it, saying right? a drop. Like to new on third down on Jimmy. Yeah. No, I know it's got to be caught. I, I just think if we if we watched a team that won 11 games every day, 17 weeks, they would just part of winning those games is someone just makes a catch that's like damn multiple times in the course of a game. You just have to have it. I agree. You have to have it. And so I I mean, I just think that happens all over the league. Like, yeah, Jimmy does miss high. It's it is just part of it just happens a lot. He's just not that accurate. I mean, it's just not. No, no. But I did think it was one of his better games. It didn't change anything. Like I do think one thing with him, he does have a really good feel in the pocket. He does. And he today I like the ball where Debo was coming the 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 touchdown run where Debo's coming across, clearly something was – Greg Olson said he thought the ball was supposed to be snapped. It didn't get snapped, and so Jimmy kind of stops Debo in motion, just takes the snap, runs it himself. He does have a feel for those things. I'm not trying to shit on Jimmy, but you, you better have a pocket presence if you're not going to be the most accurate guy, right? Well, yeah, but but you know most guys don't. like that. The To me, the pocket presence and the release is part of what, at his best, makes him like you know a 15 to 20 range quarterback. You can win games. Like, those are his yeah. strengths. Those are things that he does better than other average quarterbacks. It, today was his best game by far, pushing the ball down the field and being accurate, like in the guy's vicinity of of hitting them right and giving them the way, ability to make plays. I like spoke the, the, to Debo, the Debo bomb. That was probably the best throw he's had in three years, right since 2019. A 40, 50 yard pass hits it. the guy in stride. You never see it, and he had I, several other ones. You know, not quite like that, but it was that he has not had very recently. I spoke to a former Patriots player last night, John. I said, "What, Jimmy, tell me. He's like, he goes, I wasn't there when that story that Michael Bennett told. He's like, knowing Jimmy, that would surprise me. That's, that, those were his words. He played with Jimmy. Played play with Jimmy, knows Jimmy. He says, knowing Jimmy, he's like, he's just a good dude. It would, he's like, that, that would surprise me if Jimmy like did that. But anyway, but whatever. That's not what's on. That's not the debate here. He's that not getting traded. People. He's not getting traded by two. I mean, you know, it's not about this is not about trade value anymore. I don't want to hear about trade value. Well, there's no it doesn't exist. No one has the no, money I to take I don't want to talk about it. Um, but I do think they now they're three and four and try and get to four and four. And it's you're right. It's a lot harder to work Trey Lance in. Um, if I told you this, I, actually, I'm not going to say that. here's the other conversation. If he's, hel- if he's healthy, Jimmy's starting these next two games. Yeah, here's the other conversation I'm not going to have, even though I almost just started it. If I, here's the hypothetical that I'm not going to, I'm going to say we can't have this conversation. But here's the example: if you get that Jimmy every week, how many games can you win? No, but that's you don't get that every week. That's part of this, is you don't get that every week, right? No. That's part of the kind of the roller coaster. But I mean, if they're but gonna, I'll, I'll they're give you one. If you get if, if you get Colt, if you get Colt McCoy, Jimmy, you have the better quarterback in the game, right? So yeah. next week you get a game at home with a better quarterback in the game. Then the following week it gets a little more difficult. But we'll just we'll just live in the present. You win that game, all of a sudden you're four and four. They play San and, Diego State the next week. Uh, no, they play uh, Matt oh. Stafford and the uh, Los Angeles Rams of Los Angeles, who are just a machine. Jesus. I mean, I know they played the Texans today, but yeah, they're pretty good. Trade trade for uh, Deshaun John. Uh, I, you know, I, I think Deshaun's got maybe a little false sense of where he's at in his career. So, uh, no, I would say no on that one. As uh, Zark on uh, YouTube says, you don't play the worst defense in the league every week. Uh, that's the facts, Jax. Yeah, that's the fact. The question is, Arizona, you... Arizona's defense is a lot better. 
right? Yeah, but sometimes the way you just that gotta, they, no doubt. But here's the way that, and listen, I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves, but the way that you just beat the Bears is how you beat what the Packers did, run it down their throat. It's what the Niners and the Rams have done over the last couple years to give Cliff Kingsbury problems. You out-physical them at the point of attack. And one guy that's going to be missing that will help Jimmy and who killed McGlinchey last time, and it's the, those quotes that Lynch had that kind of became polarizing a couple weeks ago about Brandon Ayuk. On that same interview, we talked about, like, you know, was, that was a bad McGlinchey game because J.J. Watt kicked his ass. Well, J.J. Watt's shoulder fell off, which sucks. I mean, the guy has had just pretty just devastating injuries for just an all-time great, like, if J.J. Watt had, like, Aaron Donald's run of health, you know, for 10 years. I mean, we're talking about one of the top five defensive linemen ever, but he just can't stay on the field. And the Niners, like, they benefit from that. So Jimmy then benefits from that. And then the Niners' run game benefits from that. And then all of a sudden, you can run it like the Packers just did. You can then just make some plays. you got to be able to run it against them. Now, part of running it against them keeps Kyler off the field. That changed a little bit with Colt, who honestly, I can't even remember the last time I watched Colt McCoy play in the National Football League. That'd be WFT, uh, right? Yeah, but I didn't watch those games. So, oh. I mean, like me actually sitting there and watching Colt McCoy play, uh, it's what we always talk about. Colt McCoy has an incredible job. He's going to meet people like, how long you play in the NFL? He's like, oh, 13 years. The problem is that num- whatever that number ends the moment you have to play like four or five years and Steve Kime goes, uh, we can't have this guy as our backup because we can't win games. Like if he's just a disaster and listen, more often than not, a Colt McCoy in that situation is pretty putrid. Like I'm not saying him, but I'm just saying like that human being that you never see play and just is able to like, how did he play for so long without ever playing? Because you just are able to kind of fool and have the coaches like you. I guess now, maybe the question he's better not them, giving him credit for. I don't. Yeah, know I mean, the, look, out. they when they're healthy, like DeAndre Hopkins limped off a couple of times last week on Thursday. Yeah. With the hammy and, you know, if they're healthy, they do have enough. Or Chase Edmonds looks like a – I tweeted out like – I Googled he went to Fordham a few – several weeks ago, and I went and looked at his college numbers as I was watching Thursday Night Football. He scored in his first three years at Fordham in the Patriot League or wherever Fordham plays in, 69 touchdowns in three years. Sixty, And, and I tweeted that, and I had a bunch of like – Patriot League, like assistant coaches tweeting in my time. I'm like, always knew Chase Edmonds because I was like, you know, this guy was just murdering future like Georgetown grads who were getting ready to go work at Wall Street. Like, it's, there's so many people that played against Chase Edmonds who never sniffed the NFL. And he yeah. looks like that. It's like Elijah Mitchell going from Louisiana Lafayette to the NFL. I mean, he's killing people. So, like, they do have enough around there. They know what they're doing, obviously, as a team. They've got some other good players on defense. I think you you Rond- Rondale Moore is really good. Rondale Moore is very good. Like you are going to need Kittle, and you're going to yeah. need Ayuk again. Like I think with Ayuk, it's about let's just stack and then stack another to the point that we're just not talking about him. Kyle's not getting asked about him. He's not getting asked about it, and he can just kind of have a normal rest of the year. That's what I want from Brandon Ayuk. Just have a normal rest of the year. But they it's to me it's first and foremost about. Kittle this week and yeah. not having JJ Watt maybe means that you can get Kittle out a little bit and throw the football. And it's not so much, not that Kittle's def- not that Kittle's blocking JJ Watt necessarily, but just the trickle down effect of not having JJ Watt, John, maybe means that you can throw the ball to Kittle more. Because at times when Kittle's been on the field, you had to, to use him as Lynch-y. a blocker so yeah. much. So I, maybe that's the trickle down effect of no JJ. And that would be a big deal for the Niners. Just to find some balance. Because even today was like 
Elijah was running the ball, but and we'll get to deep, but it was like playing Madden. We just throw it to Debo every time, throw it to like Drake London at SC, throw it the ball to him 20 times. He got hurt. And he got hurt. Because that because that happens when you when you when you touch the ball 20 times a game, something's gonna happen to you. Odds are just a lot of times touch the ball. Not because you break down, you're just putting yourself in harm's way a lot. So I know. They just they gotta I I yeah. We I guess we can talk about Debo now, unless you had something else to say on the quarterbacks. No, prayers up to Drake London. I love that guy. I hope he's not. I mean, it looked – he air-casted off. Here's here's the thing about Drake London, John. So Drake London, for people that don't follow, he's USC – he's a USC receiver. He was – he was, I think, on pace to win the Blitnikoff Award this year. He still, I think, is going to be the offensive player of the year in the Pac-12 because listen to this. He got hurt. He had nine catches and two touchdowns when he got hurt in the second quarter of their game against Arizona on Saturday. So in eight games, he has 88 catches and 1,084 yards. The 88 catches are 29 more catches than the second-place receiver in the Pac-12. And the 1,084 yards are – I've got to do some math. Second place is 658. And the guy that has 658 has played in one more game than Drake London played in. So nobody – he's going to finish the year as the leading receiver in the Pac-12 if he doesn't play another snap. So he could still be the offensive player of the year in the league. I just hope he's healthy enough to work his way back, you know, by the combine, if that's what happens. And he, like, yeah. he's healthy enough to just be healthy by the draft and doesn't have to come back to school to rehab. Which, so the Blitnikoff, I, I mean, he probably, with those numbers and just being a top 15 player, now that one of the Ohio, the Ohio State guy might get it. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy at Purdue. I haven't checked on his numbers lately. There's a guy at Purdue who's been they putting just beat up Nebraska. incredible numbers. I don't numbers. think that, I think Purdue's pretty good. Uh, he was like six and two. Or yeah, I mean, John Drake London was third in the nation in receiving, and the other two guys were Western Kentucky and Utah State. Western Kentucky, so by the office. way, Mike White from Stanford, Western Kentucky, um, Purdue. David Bell, that oh, guy's Mike been White. going off. Yeah, that guy's been going off. So I don't see a oh, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, is twenty third in yards per game because they kind of got a share, I think. Oh yeah, what's the other guy's name? Awave. Chris Olave. Olave. I just like his last name. He does have a good last name. So, Debo, check this out. You ready for this? The Niners yeah, put this me. out in their postgame notes. Debo Samuel has the most receiving yards by a 49er through the first seven games of a season in franchise history. Debo has 819 yards receiving. You want to read the other four people on the list? Yeah, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, Dwight Clark, Jerry Rice. There's the list. So there's some context of how good of a year Debo Samuel's having. That's a pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good crew guy of uh, people to be named with. Obviously, I, I tweeted just lo- joking around Debo Rice. You know, he is he's having a remarkable season. He is a player that is just, uh, I mean, to me, what makes a star wide receiver, and this is obviously Jerry's, you know, the GOAT, but even Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, you know, whenever they show the list of Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, it's not just be able to do one thing. Like forever, we just thought Debo is this really physical wide receiver. Well, right now, he can take a quick screen, 80 yards. Now, his, you know, he, he's not a 4-2 guy, right? Like Randy Moss and Terrell and score on that play. He doesn't have elite speed, but he's definitely fast enough. He can dominate in the short game, right? Quick outs, quick slants, that type stuff. 
the the deep passing game and the intermediate passing game, which kind of just evolves into the you know his one of the go to routes for them is that drag across the middle on play action stuff, uh, and then the deep bomb that he hit today like shows that he has no problem pushing just a, a corner like hey I'm just gonna fucking run by you. So right now to me he encompasses everything that you need out of a star wide receiver. And some star wide receivers, like Keenan Allen is never really going deep. For the most part, he's only doing his work 20 yards, but he's so dominant at it. And forever, that was kind of Debo, just like it was within 20 yards. But now if he can add that element of going deep, we know that, you know, everything else and just his physicality of breaking tackles is, I mean, let's face it, like he is, he's one of a, an all-pro level player through, you know, the first half of the season right now. Like yeah. that's the level in which he's operating on. Yeah. Yeah, he I think opening up downfield throws for Debo is such is really important to his health. Um having him be, you know, the the yak leader in the league or somewhere near it. He was third behind uh uh DeAndre Swift and Cooper Cup. I don't know if that's coming into the day or after today, but looking at Cooper the Cup is having an incredible season. But the thing with Debo John is I just I, I've all and I've been really consistent. I've said this for a while now. I I worry if the only way you can get him the ball is around the line of scrimmage. Those are high-impact collisions. Those are a lot of people around your body as opposed to one-on-one with a corner just dragging you down. And that's a dangerous place to be for a high-volume, high-usage player. And getting him the ball in space, when you say get your playmaker the ball in space, what is, it usually feels like that means we're talking about like throwing bubble screens to guys like Rondale Moore, you know, I mean, a guy get on the ball, let him just make plays. Yeah. And ends around end arounds, all that stuff, jet sweeps. That's all well and good, but there's like heavy people running around the line of scrimmage and there's a lot of them. There's crowds. Crowds is where guys get hurt in crowds. Yeah. People falling on you. Shrapnel so, collateral, shrapnel, you know. collateral damage, <laughs> opening the downfield plays up for getting him the ball downfield to me is uh, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big well, deal. if you can do that, great. then you then you have everything in your arsenal, and you're a complete player. Because when you're not a complete player, uh, I've never schemed against anybody, but I've heard coaches talk about this during game weeks. You take away what they can't do, right? And you force them. Okay, Debo, we're not we're going to crowd you around the line of scrimmage because we don't think you can beat us deep. So if he starts threatening you deep, it's what makes great players. Like, what is Devonte Adams' weakness? Like, well, he didn't run that fast at the combine. Well, he plays fast. I mean, he, I see him hit bombs all the time. Like, he he has no weakness, right? Larry Fitzgerald in his prime. You know, d- you see the play DK made today. Like, DK's game has just become more well-rounded. And when you become more well-rounded, you become harder to stop and harder to defend against. And then you benefit from, like, well, what are your other pieces on offense? Because if you're not the only guy, what, what makes Devontae so incredible is we got, well, he doesn't really have any other wide receivers. In theory, when Kittle comes back and Ayuk, like, you can't just put three DBs on Debo. So it's like, you are not going to be able to stop me one-on-one. But you don't have a choice because we're running the ball well. We have a star tight end, and we have a, a couple other wide receivers that can get open. So then it's just, is our quarterback completing balls? Because if he is, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> and that's kind of what Debo's doing right now. We all know they're going to throw it to 19, and it hasn't mattered. They've thrown it to him short. They've thrown it to him intermediately, and they have now hitting him deep. And that to me is, it's cool to see, like I, I have a soft spot for watching, you know, just young players come along and improve. And, you know, we had talked so much. And like you just said, 
it was just like, God, is he going to be able to last? Because everything is around the line of scrimmage, and he just get, takes these. Part of his yak was like breaking linebacker tackles, right? And now it's like, well, just treat him more like a wide receiver. It's like, okay, Jalen Johnson tackles him is a lot different than Ray Lewis, right? Yeah. He's just... Not, obviously, Raekwon, Roquan Smith. Um, He just, when you watch the league, he's one of the most reliable players in the NFL, which as a great player is a unique combination, right? To be a great player... And to also be reliable. And I think it's safe to say he's a great player and he plays like a franchise cornerstone, which is what his numbers say he is. But I mean, in the big, he makes his plays in the big moments. Like when you watch Debo, there's not a lot of, you know, trash time. It is moments. Like he has moments. It really is. I, I don't know how it's just, he's, he has, this step blew my mind, John. Debo Samuel now has one uh, um, eight 100-yard receiving games in his career. Four of them have come this year, which doesn't quite feel like as a team that's – but he's just been carrying the load for them. Well, another just big-picture topic with Debo, he was taken above A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, and those guys, let's face it, are just stars, right? Like Debo – or A.J. – AJ made plays today too, but DK had a catch today that's just like, Jesus, you know, that back shoulder touchdown. You're just like, that's what, it, and he just physically looks like a superstar. Every game you watch AJ Brown, you're like, that's what a blue chip big boy looks like. And now Debo's just like, you can talk about him this year like them. Like he's a dominant player. And that to me makes it easier on like, this team gets crushed on some of their draft picks. Like, well, they could have these guys instead of Debo. No one's saying that right now. Yeah. It's a good point because it's not, the, he's not the little engine that could, right? He was. He, is, but the, he looks a lot different than those two guys, right? He does, he does. But he was the thirty sixth pick in the draft out of the SEC. Yeah, right. Like the, they believe the, they believed yeah. him when they drafted him. And those guys come from the SEC too, obviously on the same team. Right, right. I'm just saying, like this is not like I think sometimes Debo. It's like, oh, it's good to see Debo doing it. It's like, no, this is what he was drafted to do. And he's yeah. and and I think a lot of times like. Being the person that comes out of nowhere is great. That that's that's its own category. Being the person that there was a lot expected of that delivers on those expectations is a different is also great. And you get a lot, you don't get as much credit for that usually. Usually you get credit for ah oh, we didn't know you'd be any good and look how great you are. That's really cool. When you're when something's expected of you, it gets a little we get dismissed. Like yeah, we expect you to be great. So congrats on living up to expectations. Agreed. But it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of talent. It takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of everything. Now we saw Leadership. flashes. We saw flashes his rookie year. Last year, when he was healthy, he was really good. A huge knock on him has been just like the soft tissue stuff. He pulls hamstrings. Can he stay healthy? And he has been healthy this year. Even I think last game he tweaked something, and boom, he just he hasn't missed any games. He's been playing. He's been reliable. A huge part about being a star, an underrated part I think about being a star, is are you reliable? Do you show up like that? I think that's, you know, I, I'd say Kittle's kind of had a ding on that. Like no one takes anything away how good he is, how much talent he has, how physically dominant he is when he's on the field. But you just now kind of go into every season like, can you get 12 games out of Kittle? <laughs> right? Like just because Kittle's coming back this week, are you just sure that he's here for the rest of the season? You know? And that's where if Debo can just have a season where you play 17 games and then, and then again, like, He's contract eligible after this season. Like, I I would want to see one more game. Or, I mean, not one more game. One more season. Like, I can't just break you off the Amari, you know, five for 120 a year. Can you do it two years in a row? 
you know, that is just a big picture question we were talking about. Because to me, superstars, Google Devontae's resume. Like, and when we talk about Kittle, like, look at Kelsey's resume. Kelsey, like, it's, yeah. a, it's about doing it year after year after year, which is hard. I mean, there's some element you're getting hit. Like, can you, some of it's just luck. And others, it just like your body type. Like, is Debo? did they get him on a better stretching plan? I know they had talked about that. His workouts over the offseason were different. This year, he was healthy. Was it last year? Remember, he broke his foot, right, in the Camp Jimmy? So maybe it's just they've turned a corner. But you just – the more data you have, the better you feel about a guy. Like, you look at Keenan Allen's resume. It's like five straight years of just every year doing whatever. Cooper Cup, he had the one year, I think, where he tore his knee. But other than that, it's just production, production, production. And it's just very nice to just be able to rely on a person. It, and it's the one thing, really, the Niners star players. Uh, Trent really is not theirs. I mean, they just acquired him last year. And really, he's been pretty reliable for them. But like Kittle, just injury-wise, Debo injury-wise, Bosa had the freak injury, but he still missed a bunch of time. Obviously, Jimmy's missed a bunch of time. Probably Fred Warner's really the only guy that is basically just feels like he never misses a game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking right now. So he's got – actually, those are old numbers. But here's Devontae Adams since you mentioned him. Devontae, year three. What year, You know, Devontae was good year two, but year three is when it really started for him. And this is year three for Debo. 75 catches for Devontae in year three, 12 touchdowns. 74 catches and 10 touchdowns in year four. 111 catches and 13 touchdowns in year five in 2018. Um and then uh, had a five-touchdown year, 83 catches, 115 and 18 touchdowns last year. I mean, so, you know, year three, it was a steady build, and it just – he took off. And Devontae – He missed it, a game here and there. Yeah, his body of work is consistent. Year to year, though, he does miss games. I think in, in 19, he had a hamstring that knocked him out that month, right? That's four games he missed there. Last year, he missed a couple games. Uh, I can't remember what the injury was. This year, I mean, I don't – you know, COVID, list. COVID, yeah, not his fault. But uh, that's a different category. I can, I can live with if Kittle had four straight years of like, hey, 14 out of 16 every year. That just hasn't really been the case, right? We're already at minimum this year will be 14 out of 17, which I think would you take right now 13 out of 17? If I just told you that right yeah. now, you take it 13 out of 17. Absolutely. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I you'd would. have to. Um, it, and that's, it, I, it, but this goes back to you always used to joke around like the worst guy to draft on, uh, you know, early, you know, when people put a lot of stock in your like first and second round picks are linemen, right? There's offensive linemen. They're boring. But when you do take a skill guy, a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, you just think like, could this guy be a stud? And then when he starts to become a stud, it is sweet. It is sweet. You know, part of Elijah Mitchell, most the overwhelming 99% of uh, Niner fans, let's face it, had never heard of him before he came to the Niners. Like, you're not watching Louisiana Lafayette. Hell, they're not even really on TV. It's not like when you draft Saquon Barkley, everyone knows who he is. When you draft even, you know, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, people, those old Miss teams weren't good. The reason that D, the D.K. was so famous was because of the picture, right? It wasn't because yeah. like, people had the scouting report on the guy. Right. That's the difference of all the Bama His production guys. was not. But also his no. production was not, right? If he'd been I would say the, ba the Bama skill guys over the last several years. Helps when you're playing like five five or six CFP games by the time you're a Big sophomore. Time. I guess you couldn't do that. But by the time you're a junior. 
Like a lot of those guys, junior year, they played six college football playoff games. Yeah. <laughs> or at least been that, around, like, you know. That helps so too. big moments, all that kind Who's of stuff. Who's this Trevor Lawrence guy? Oh, yeah. I've watched him play in seven As championship games. a true games. freshman beat Alabama in the national title. At Levi Stadium, by the way. Weren't you there? Yeah, I was there for that game. An absolute uh, ass kicking? Yeah, not. It wasn't. By the way, let me show you this. Uh, for those of you watching on the YouTube, um, let me let me show. I just saw this post game from the Saints game. Have you seen the post game video from the Saints? No, I mean it's probably Sean Payton doing the dance, right? No, they've got like a smoke machine and it's Jameis dancing on crutches. Look at this. I don't know who posted this video, but uh, they've got strobing lights, smoke machine. And Jameis on crutches with like a huge <laughs> leg brace on his knee. A massive. Did you, see the play? Did you see the play where Jameis went down? No, I just saw them taking him off. Yeah, I didn't either. It doesn't look good. Then he's got a huge brace, and those those type crutches are always the ones that are like. Ugh. I mean, I would say this: if you were concerned about Trey Lance going to the Giants game on a knee sprain, maybe Jameis breaking it down in the middle of the floor on a. He's holding his crutches like they're swords or something. Not out of the realm of possibility he's out for the season, so maybe he doesn't even care. Could be that. Yeah. Could be that. You know. But some wild stuff happened today. I mean, the NFC, Green Bay and Arizona are seven and one. Like the Thursday night game. Dallas were as we're they're on as we're uh, what's the score of that game? I got Adam seven Duvall nothing. hit a grand slam. Um but they're five and one. Tampa Bay now lost, right? They're six and two. The Rams are five and one, but they're a wild card team at this moment in time. I think the Rams end up winning the NFC West. I don't think the um, Cardinals are going to win the NFC West, and part too. of that might depend on on Kyler. But you know, Minnesota's three and three. Carolina's Carolina win today. They must have. They broke their four uh, Carol, Carolina, Carolina won. Darnold got KO'd. Uh, he got absolutely lit up. I mean, destroyed, and. Uh, He's just not that good. I mean, I that's one. I'll take the L on that one because I thought the Niners could have been like, just take trade for him, second round pick. You can develop him. He just he's not that talented one. No, you know, from I, an I arm talent standpoint, his arm is not great. That's the first no. thing about him. His arm stinks. And then he plays like Jameis in Tampa. D- Jameis has improved. Like I was watching early before he got injured. Like Jameis made some good plays. Jameis is a lot better with he Sean only Payton. Throw, did he throw a pick today? Uh, I don't. I didn't see him throw a pick. He threw a nice deep ball that I saw. He he made some plays. Like Jameis has clearly improved. Like Sam's getting worse. You know, Sam is not doing great for Joe Brady's stock. No. You know, I I think Joe Brady's stock has just kind of stayed neutral. It has not vaulted to like, you know, day ball or some high level you know assistant that we'd be talking about with Sam Darnold. But God, he got he got destroyed. <laughs> They're just. Th- th- Here's what I know. Carolina Panthers, they ain't making the playoffs. No sorry. That ain't happening. Well, I still I, think for the Saints, we'll see. I mean, let's just say worst case, Jameis out for the season. Simeon's our backup. It's one thing to come in and win a game. It's another. They have seven more games left, like I or or ten more games left. What is their record? Five and two. So they yeah, they have ten more games left. Could they go five and five with Simeon? I maybe. No, no, I don't think so. Um and this is where, again, recording this before the end of Sunday Night Football, but you know, if you're the Niners, you do want um, you do want Minnesota to lose. But Dak's not playing, so Minnesota's probably no. I know. I'm just saying that Dak not playing if that costs them the game, that hurts the Niners. 
Yeah. The Niners do get to play the Vikings, though, this year. Because if Jameis is out for a while, then again, it's what we thought. There's two playoff spots open in the NFC. The six and the seven spot. New Orleans and Minnesota have them now as we record this. Minnesota's three and three. The rest of the NFC, the the, the yeah. NFC has five pretty damn good teams. And that's Green Bay, I'd say Arizona. Da- I'd, say da- I'd say damn good teams. Well, yeah, I, I, just, I said pretty good because I, you know, I, I think like the Rams, like I don't think they're all exactly the same, but yeah, okay, damn good teams. Green Bay, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Dallas, the Rams. And then the two teams are going to make the playoffs that are going to be barely better than like the three teams that don't make the playoffs right behind them in the NFC. Okay. It's like, at, 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 they'll be a little better, but like the playoffs are right there for two teams, the NFC to go take. You do get the seven seed. You're playing like green Bay or Tampa. Yeah. Right? No, it's, you deal with that later. I, well, yeah. yeah. Or Arizona, maybe or Arizona. But if Arizona now, if Kyler misses three games, like that could, that could be and three, right? Yeah. On top probably, of the game, they you're just right. Lost. You're playing Rogers or Brady or Stafford. I think, I think that it'll be one of those three and it might be Rogers or Brady. The Niners do. I'm like I said it, but I'm just thinking out loud. I'm gonna look at their schedule. They play Minnesota because they play the NFC North, so you get to play them head to head, which I, I do think just will be a tough game, right? I mean, Saturday after Thanksgiving or Sunday so play after Thanksgiving. Sa- yeah. To me, yeah. Cardinals, Rams, Jags, Vikings. Yeah, you just you just find a way to win that. You do get the Rams at home. That's Monday Night Football. That'd be pretty fun. Uh, is Peyton, the Manning's going to be on that game. Uh, they took like a month off, so I would imagine are they just back rocking and rolling? Peyton, do you notice Peyton, who I clearly got something, is you know he got a monument today at Denver. Never misses a Bronco game. Goes to every Bronco game. Like he's a he's like on loyal, KOA man. radio. I was like, he's on KOA radio today. What is going on? Well, now, that is the, because he calls games from station. home. Yeah, he doesn't go to Monday Night Football, right? Was that like he mentioned, a plane they asked they ask him about like would he be interested in buying the the Broncos? Yeah. He's like, Well, I checked my he had a great quote. He's like, Well, I just checked my bank account. The three billion, I, I can't find it in my bank account. Maybe it's in some other secret account, but right now, yeah, that's not really an option. <laughs> He's like, I'm very lucky that, you know, the one bright spot out of the last two years has been this emergence of people doing stuff from home. And he's like, I call Monday night football from my buddy's garage across the street. And Eli does it from his backyard. So like, I, I got a pretty buddy? good right now. That's a great question. The garage. Do you notice there's a car behind Peyton in the garage? Like it's a classic buddy's vehicle. Garage. I think Peyton lives in clearly a, this incredible community in Dove Valley or whatever. Uh, that might be the wrong community. Whatever the community is, I can't even imagine what his buddy's house looked like. And I would die to know what his buddy does. I would guess that there's a chance that his buddy has as much, if not more, money than Peyton Manning, right? As a businessman doing. Oh, uh, yeah. Buddy might got to go to his garage. Could it be like Peter Kors? You know? Right. I mean, you know, his buddy might just be like, Peter's like, oh, yeah, you use my garage. I got to set up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows who his buddy is? Yeah, my buddy John Bon Jovi. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just someone famous and rich, or one of the two, if not both. Yep. Uh, Lions look sharp today, says the Shills on uh, on the stream. Uh, the Lions were terrible, John. Terrible. They lost forty four to six. At one point, the Lions and the Texans were down thirty eight to nothing at the same time. The Combined. Come oh, no, 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 each. Each. That's seventy. 70- Six. 
to nothing combined. The Texans then, I think, I don't know what that Rams-Texans line was, but they might have backdoor covered because they scored 22 unanswered. The Texans did. It was 38-22 was the final score. They scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. I don't quite understand this. Do you know how many touchdowns Jalen Hurts threw slash ran for? So he combined throwing and running for. What would you guess? Uh, well, I'm just looking. It looks like they scored five touchdowns, so five. He did not throw a touchdown, and he also did not rush for a touchdown. Jalen Hurts did not throw for it. Jalen Hurts, in a win where they won 44-6, to was 9-14 of for 103 yards, no touchdowns. He ran. He had 70 yards rushing, but no touchdowns. Boston Scott had two. Jordan Howard had two. I guess Darius Slay oh, so they must have picked up a fumble, took oh, it to the house. So that's okay. five. That's 35, yeah, that's and then they kicked some field goals. That the Lions to, are really bad. Nine of fourteen for one hundred three. Minshew also came in and threw threw two balls. Apparently, I not that I've watched that much Texans. The Lions are worse. They have worse players than the Texans, right? I've just seen enough Texans of like players yeah. that I've heard of or yeah, know yeah. of, right? Like yeah. NFL pros. Like the Lions are. I don't know if it's impossible for them to go zero and seventeen, just because Goff is not good enough to just like put a team on his back in a tight game, and then they're going to lose. This is not the last time they, they're they going to lose by 20, 30 points, right? It's going to happen a couple more times. They, they just do not have any players. And Jared Goff is the worst type, like Jared Goff, Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo, those type quarterbacks. You put them on the worst team, you you are in major trouble. Like, at least if you had, like, a Tyrod Taylor, hey, or even Jalen Hurts, it's like one game, he runs for 100 yards and runs in three touchdowns. Like, Jared Goff does not have that ability. You know, like it just no. I saw one exist. play on red zone. He got swallowed up by four guys. Oh my back. god! He like turned and the guy grabbed him and slams him. And then all the Eagles were like doing this high five, and it's like oh There's my nowhere to go. He got destroyed. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is. On Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than sixty seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long, more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game. Just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you 
free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The highlight of the game, the highlight of the day. I do not even think it's close is I don't follow this guy because I'm not, I'm not even that dirty. Uh, it's not even, I don't even pretend it's not a guilt. I refuse to follow him. I do follow him on Instagram, I think, but OJ Simpson, he tweeted his hello Twitter world sitting in a box at the bills game. OJ, I didn't know. Maybe you can't for a guy that ban a guy from your league, but that's, I can't even imagine. I mean, Pete Rose got banned, but like for betting on baseball. Yeah. For a while, he wasn't allowed to come to stadiums. I mean, OJ potentially gutted two people in the front yard. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the Bills game. When he's there, it's like you go, well, what are we going to ban him for? But then you see him there, you're like, I don't want him here. What did people see? I mean, I'm sure people are taking pictures with him. You know, it becomes like a carnival act. It really is. Who are the Lions going to beat? Are they are the Lions going to be the first team to ever go 0 and 17? Steelers, Browns, Bears, Vikings, Broncos, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, Packers. Packers I think they match weak. up well against any of those teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Falcons, who are are they the most unwatchable team in the NFL right now? Atlanta. I probably put Detroit because at least maybe Kyle Pitts or uh, Calvin Ridley, I guess, stepped away from the team. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. It's hard to be more. But that, I, did you say the I, Packers are their last game? Yeah. So they could have it sewn up. They could have the the homie hemmed up and um, play Jordan Love. Lions would be all around. Yeah. But would would they be a lock to lose that game if Jordan Love and just nope. so random? Cause because it's not, it's not college. You wouldn't just start all freshmen. Like they well, still have to play some of their guys. Could right? you imagine Dan Campbell, the passion? For a week 18 matchup when you're 0 and 16, trying to avoid going 0 and 17, trying to win at the end, but also your fans just want you to get the number one pick. But for who? Out of Kayvon. You would pro- you would probably have the number one pick sewn up at 0 and 16, don't you think? Uh yeah, I guess you're right. 
Yeah. Miami is going to win a game. Texans will win a game. Another game. Miami will win a game. Jacksonville? What's their record? They're a one-win team. I could see them winning two total. Couldn't you? Because, again, Lawrence can run. It's hard. If you go 0-17. I don't think they'll do it. your team's really bad. How do you ever approach becoming a 500 career coach? <laughs> like, th- think about digging out of that hole. Because then, like, in 2022, what would the over-under on the Lions be? Right? Their over-under would probably be, like, four. So let's just say they have a bounce-back season. They win five. Well, then he's five and 12. So that would be what? Five. That would be eight. What's five? What's five, five times seven? Yeah, so he's seven 35. games under 500. So he's 17 games under 500. He's 24 games under 500 two years into his career. How do you ever dig out of it, guy? Like, it's just, there's just no ability to ever dig out of it. Because <laughs> you're never going to have, like, oh, the Lions in three years are, you know, 15 and two. Like, that's not happening. So even if you have a great year for the Lions, you're like nine and eight. So you only, you only get one game above. So you're, you're 24 down. You only, you only, you know, knock into that one game. So you're still 23 games under 500. That assumes by year three, they're able to go nine and eight. And if you go, if Which you go I would five and twelve, if you go five and twelve after going zero and seventeen, a five game improvement from the following year is pretty impressive. What's Philly gonna do? Trip says, doesn't Philly get Miami's pick? Yep. What is it? Kind of, you know, you'd like to have a number one quarterback in the draft when uh, well, the Lions would take him if he existed. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, neither one of them. There's not really a clear. Although, you know, they could take QB. They could take our QB one, John. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, oh. Jake Hayner. Everybody on college game day picked against the Bulldogs, unbeaten San Diego State, the old oil can. Except as Jake, I didn't, re- I didn't see game day. I didn't see the picks. I normally watch, but uh, I slept in on Saturday. And Jake did the post game interview with our guy Cam Orrell, awesome dude. He works the sidelines for Fresno State's radio broadcast. Just great dude. Um, and uh, yeah, he told him. Uh, what was Ken Jong's character's name from uh, uh, The Hangover? I forget what his name. But anyway, was, but he, that's what he, he said that's what name. Jake called him. Okay, that's what threw me off. I was like, "Who's he talking about?" That's what he meant. Leslie uh, Leslie Chow. He's like Leslie Chow from The Hangover. You're the only one that picked us. And then I saw Ken or Ken Jong retweeted it. So, yeah. you know, I think Jake. We had him on the show last week. If you missed it, go listen to our show with Jake Hayner. Like, you win some big games, you become a national story. They did that early in the year when they beat UCLA, just getting his ass kicked, physically standing up, making plays, just being a stand-up guy. But then you start doing, like, this is face of the program type stuff right here from Jake Hanner. Just not shocked, John. We're not shocked. But, guy, they, I mean, in a, on an all-serious note from the Fresno State football program, they're now 7-2. and two. They have, they're in the driver's seat to obviously host the Mountain West championship game because the way the Mountain West does it, they don't get, you know, they get to go to Atlanta or Jerry's Palace. You just get to host it. You know, it's a little, it's, it's a little non-power 5 but that's cool. And they win the Mountain West. That's a big deal. He's going to be the quarterback that leads a t- potential 10-2 and two team. They'd be 11-2 and two going into a bowl game. And they'd get a pretty good bowl, I would imagine. That's a... For Fresno State, like at the end of the day, they're not Alabama or SC or Texas or anything. Thank you for that update. You, you go twelve and two at that program. That's a pretty le- that's legendary stuff. Right? Yeah, it really is. Yep. And that was a game, like the UCLA game, was a historic moment. Part of it is because anytime you're at the non-power five and 
you know, at Fresno State specifically, and you play one of the California Power Fives, but mainly the two LA schools, and you beat them, it's just it's a it's a you get a like a plaque on the wall in the pro, like you just talk about that game forever and the way they did it. But to then win the conference and keep winning games, he's having a fucking remarkable season now. Carson Strong, I. They played UNLV on Friday night. I was just flipping around TV. I, saw, I just watched a little. He is putting up fantastic numbers. Like, I, I don't know who's going to be the player of the year in the conference. Like, he's going to have a pretty good, you know, if they go based on wins and losses, like Hayner probably have the advantage. But Carson Strong's numbers are pretty stupid. <laughs> like, I mean, he's throwing for like 400 yards a game, four touchdowns. Hayner did just throw for 300 against, you know, probably the a best good defense, defense in the conference. Yeah, I mean, really good defense. And a defense that's 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 been good against him before. So... And they kicked their ass. I mean, kicked the, kicked their ass. It like was it sweet. wasn't. I was slamming Tito's at uh, you know, at the um, fuck, I can't even think straight right now. Stadium club, stadium at uh, stadium pub. pub, yeah. And it was just a. Be- I mean, it was seventeen nothing for you even blink. They score a touchdown. They score another touchdown. They get a pick. It's just like the you guys are not on our level. Hainer's throwing these fucking. Hainer's the number one passer in the in the league right now by five yards over Carson Strong. He's got 23 touchdowns. Strong's got 24. Hainer's got six picks. Strong has 15, uh, five. Okay. So, so the, I mean, the difference might just be the records, and they beat them. Yeah. So, I mean, if and obviously they got a great shot now to win the league. So it's going to be a close dogs. between – it's going to be between those two players for the player of the year. I mean, Carson Strong's going to get drafted in the second round, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not that that matters for Mountain West player of the year, but, like, he was probably, I'm sure – People think it. I, I started hearing. I heard about his name really before Hainer, but I love Hainer. I mean, Hainer's I'm, Hainer's my favorite player in college football. Amen. I did see someone. Uh, I I got to give uh, the George. You know the quarterback guru that you know that's been training quarterbacks forever. That was on game day for years. Not not Reister, but uh, Whitfield. Yeah. His idea for the Heisman this year, because let's face it, there's not really a Heisman. You get all eleven starters on. I watched one play of Georgia Florida. I just fl- I was flipping channels. I was like, "Oh, it was, Georgia you probably Florida. tuned in. It was thirty eight to nothing." I flip on one play. One play. The quarterback gets. I mean, I thought he died, but the ball comes out of his hand. Guy picks it off. Pick six. His idea: you take all eleven starters, and then three or four guys. If they rotate in, like the nickel corner, this backup linebacker that also plays, they're the Heisman. That just the Heisman Trophy goes to Georgia's defense. They are, they look like the 85 Bears of college football. It is, it's remarkable how good they are. Well, they're the best thing. It's funny, Georgia's not really a, they're not like offensively, right? It's, it's de- like the, their defense. Their quarterback comes defense. from like a, is like a Princeton transfer. Uh, yeah, he might be a, he started at Georgia. That's the story. He started at Georgia, left yeah. to somewhere. Yeah, and then I think Ivy back. League, and then oh, he, he went, went to junior League. college, and then he came back. But he wasn't even supposed to be the starter, right? Because the dude from USC, who then gets hurt, but his injury is like pretty legitimate, knocks him out for several months. But what are they going to do? Bench this guy that's their team's rolling. You don't you really just go back to uh, JT Daniels, right? Do you expect JT Daniels just to come back when he's no, fully healthy? I do so not. It's just, I saw a Feinbaum, even Feinbaum said, like, in my 12 years of doing this, I have never once. Now they haven't always won, but I've picked Alabama to win every single game since they won their first national championship. Like since Nick Saban became Nick Saban, he's like, "It'll be the first time if they play in the SEC championship game, I will pick Georgia to beat Alabama." It's actually a lot of wow. pressure on Kirby to like. He is now no longer the hunter 
Like he's they, every he's considered the top team. I think the other challenge that he's going to have is it's going to feel like for his team that they don't have to win the game. And Alabama is going to feel like they have to win the game, right? Because to me, one one loss Alabama beats undefeated Georgia in the SEC title game. Georgia's still going they, to the playoff. And, so, and Alabama would be in. Yeah, and, well, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama, if they lost to Georgia, they would, as a two loss, they're not getting yeah, in. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. The first college football playoff rankings come out on Tuesday. And, you know, I think you could justify going Georgia one, no doubt. Then you could do whatever. I mean, you could do if you want to do Alabama too, wouldn't hate it because Oklahoma's unbeaten, Michigan State's unbeaten, but Oklahoma's looked a little shaky at times. Uh, looked a those, lot better with the rookie with the freshman quarterback. Yeah, Caleb Williams. So go one. You know, you can go. You did, go did both you see, of. Did you see his stat line yesterday? No, I just I saw mean, they were what? kicking. At, I saw Rattler. I think was the third quarterback. I was watching that game, like out of, on out of the corner of my eye. I think Rattler was the third quarterback in that game. Like he came I in did, last. Yeah, I don't, Jesus, I didn't know that. I could be again, corner of my eye. But um so that you know, I think you got unbeaten power fives this late in the year. When those rankings come out, I'd be good with with those four teams being the top four. Then I think Oregon should be five. Like they've beaten Ohio State head to head. Cincinnati is unbeaten with a win over Notre Dame, but their strength of schedule is one oh three. They haven't played anybody else. So I think Cincinnati could be five, six, seven. We'll see. Caleb Williams. Now they're playing Texas Tech, whose coach just got fired. Was twenty three of thirty for four hundred yards and six touchdowns. So, oh, okay. Because I saw a stat. He's the third Oklahoma quarterback to have six touchdowns in a game. Baker did it against Texas Tech, and Kyler did it against Baylor. I think it was pretty good game. Pretty good game actually this week. I would imagine game days there. Oklahoma Baylor. Baylor just beat At Texas. Baylor. Who has? Robert Sala uh, uh, at Baylor, yeah. No, I, never mind. That's they get a. You just call Baylor's coach Robert Sala, Sala. No, he's got the Robert Sala look and my oh, look, yeah, yeah. Dave Aranda. Like, no, I Robert know, Sala. Wouldn't, you know, I battle. Me. I'm pasty white. Those guys have just a fantastic. He's just dark. he looks tone. good. Yeah. yeah, and he's just he's got a you know he's in shape. He looks. They just you see how good Robert Sala looks with like the beard. It's like Robert. I'm sure it hasn't been sunny in New York. Where do you get this tan? He looks darker than he did a month ago. He looked fantastic today. Props to Robert Sala for getting a win. That was. He's you know a lot of people were kind of shitting on them. They were a joke and a laughing yep. stock. And Mike White to come beat the Bengals. Through and they were down. Yards. Weren't they? Weren't they? Down? They were not they were. winning the whole time. No, it was just going to be like all right. Hopefully they cover and it's cool. No. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? That's probably all I got. What? Uh, what about the Chargers, though? We talked about that game coming in. Chargers losing to the Patriots. Mac Jones? I mean, what do we do with this guy right now? I mean, he's playing really well for a rookie quarterback. Belichick and the and the Patriots went and then beat Justin Herbert. And in the AFC right now, New England, it's still a ways to go, but they're 3-4. and four. I think it's going to be really hard in the AFC to make the playoffs. Because right now Cleveland's sitting on the outside at four and four after losing to Pittsburgh today, um, so I I don't know I don't know if they can make the play. Kansas City right now is three and four. Like who do you just, think can make the playoffs? The Patriots or the Chargers? I'm saying that in the AFC it's going to be really hard. You've got three teams on the outside: Cleveland, New England, and, and Kansas City right now. So who are you taking who's, out? Who's the wait? Who's the seventh spot? Pittsburgh. It's gonna. Do they have enough offense? No, 
That would be my thing. I I think New England is not going to go away. Here's what I will say about Mac Jones. I will not retract that I would not have taken him at three. But right now is Mac Jones. And like you've said, if you put Jimmy with Belichick and those guys, would he look the same? He's pretty, like, in their scheme, what they ask him to do, like, he's pretty solid. He, he is played. He he played really well today. When I was yeah. I thought I was impressed. <laughs> the time to, impressed. to to litigate Mac Jones is not now. Like the reason you don't draft Mac Jones at three is because the argument, at least, is pretty easy. It's like in two, three, four, five, six, seven years, his ceiling is going to cap out, and these other guys won't. But if he's just going to do the right thing all the time and then get better at doing the right thing, well, I don't know. We'll see. One Maybe team in the AFC. Obviously, the Raiders are you know sitting there firmly at the number two overall seed and leading the AFC West just as we all thought they would. And I think they get the they get the Giants this week, so the Raiders are in pretty good shape to just Raiders get the rolling. Giants on a short week. I so you just that's said? the I'm pretty sure that's the team they play, and then they get the Chiefs after that on either Sunday yeah, or Monday right. night football at the Giants. Then then they get the Chiefs the following week because it's Sunday night football. Uh, if it's eight twenty, is that Sunday night right? If it's an eight twenty yeah. game Eastern, are we sure the Bengals are locked to make the playoffs? No. So that that to me would be the team, and then the Patriots. Like, if you had to bet right now, Patriots, Bengals. Obviously, the Bengals have one a, one game better record. One's five and three. The Patriots are four and four. I just have a little more faith in the Patriots now. The Patriots have already got their two Jets games. Like, just their lock wins. Like, th- they've already used those two up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's not like they just have a Jets game where if they just need an easy win, they can get a win. Are the Browns going to lose twice to the Bengals? Here, my point is, let me tell you, the, the Bengals' schedule is not easy. They play Cleveland, then they play the Raiders, the Steelers, the Chargers, the Niners, the Broncos, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Browns. That's the Bengals' Here's remaining a, schedule. Well, do you know the thing with the Browns? They're, I, I looked the other day. Their schedule, the last six games, Ravens, Sunday Night Football, bye week. Ravens again. So they basically have a home-and-home, back-to-back Ravens. Raiders, at Packers, at Steelers, Bengals. I mean, that's a pretty hard last six games of the season. You could well, argue how many those, of those two games, games knock each be... other out. Do the Patriots and the Chargers, are they just in the playoffs? How many games are they going to be favored in Cleveland? I mean, as they're, I, I think they're in half. Are, Maybe. Are, are, are we are we bearing the lead here? Are the Raiders, oh. do they feel like a lock to make the playoffs right now? Yes. <laughs> well, but, but part of that is they're five and two. They've beaten some of these teams, right? They've beaten the Ravens head to head. Beating the Steelers. Beating the Steelers. Lost the um, Chargers. Yeah, but they'll get them Got again. Th- yeah, get them again. Haven't played the Chiefs yet. Uh, we'll sweep them. Um, they're not gonna. They're <laughs> they're not gonna lose twice to the Chiefs. Raider guy. Yeah, Raider guy. Yeah, John. And part of it is the more football you watch, the more you go. I. They're one of the really good teams in the NFL. The Raiders With- do. I mean, we're gonna get to see them against. Obviously, they play the Chiefs twice, but they play the Bengals. Like. You know, they play the Cowboys. I, You know, Dak should be playing in that game. They play the Browns. Even a team that, you know, probably is going to miss the Colts. Like, at, they play at Indy, who's – they have no incentive if Carson keeps playing right to lose games. They're giving up their first-round pick to the Eagles. So, I, we're going to see the the Raiders tested just in some environments to just see are they like the one – are they a one or two seed or are they like the six seed, you know? Well, I think this week's a big one for them. Like, we'll talk about it more as the week goes on, but they, this is, this game in the past at times has tripped them up. Like, you're riding high. Everyone believes in you. You're supposed to kick the shit out of the Giants. Do you? Beat them. Especially the three hour time difference game where you're, oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. And again, I don't, they don't need to win by 21. I don't care. Win at 17 to 14, but you just got to win. I saw saw Dubow, you know, when he was getting into it with the, with the fellas 
on uh, on on the, online is like last year this game coming up was the Falcon game where they were kind of feeling themselves and they yeah. played the Falcons whose coach was gone and they lost pretty sure the final score is 44 to 6 and statistically it was like one of the worst games in the history of offense remember that like the the statistical game for Derek was like yes. one of the worst games ever offensively yes. now i don't even like you just got you should go to the giants just on based on the fact you're coming off a bye and they're coming off a short week slash you're just a way better team what, what what would you guess the line is on that game? Raiders minus five, minus six? Depends what happens tomorrow night because I could, I mean, so so if you're 10 and a half at the Chiefs, right, that's what the Giants are. Would mm-hmm. they be a bigger underdog at the Raiders if the Raiders were hosting the game tomorrow night? Would the Chiefs Who's that? be? If the, so the Giants are 10 and a half point underdogs at Kansas City Monday night, right? That's what you yeah. said. Would they be a bigger underdog if they were visiting the Raiders? No, no, it'd be, what would it be? Eight and a half. I, I think the chiefs just get a lot of love. Yeah. You know, it'd be big eight. I mean, when are the Raiders? I mean, yeah, I'm just trying the, to think what, what's I'm that not line saying it's be? right. The, the, the no, line no, no. for the chiefs is probably off, but there's not. Yeah. I don't think it'd be that high. Yeah. Okay. So the Raiders will probably be, I mean, it maybe depends how it looks, but I'm going to guess the Raiders are uh, five and a half or six and a half point favorites going to the giants. What do you think? Yeah. Too that's low what I was thinking. No, I was thinking right around there. And we'll take the Raiders to cover. But, but again, I think some, a six-point favorite is pretty big. Well, know? I know. On the road, when you historically, the time is going to be part of that conversation. The 10 right? a.m. game. That's where the Sharps will be talking about. Yeah. And and we'll take the Raiders as the lock of the week and try to make it seven in a row. Wouldn't be totally against it. I I've, I had an idea you, uh, today that we uh, we add a little something to the units. Oh, yeah? <laughs> a little bigger. And so we just go from three to five. I mean, we're just we're plugging along here, John. We're we're just but a you know, big reason we plugged, it, but but a big reason we did that is because we we took a huge swing, which I like taking swings. And just plug the units. We felt pretty good about the games. Yeah. we've been betting on. We're just I'm talking about the single game. I mean, the, like you know, an expert would say like you guys have won six in a row. Like it doesn't that you know? Are you how long is your hot streak going to last? Well, then why even bet? You know, no, just exactly. cash out now. <laughs> uh, did you uh, did you get to say what's up to our guy Jonathan Smith when you're at the uh, Cal Oregon State game? Or were, I did not. He didn't pro, look at my way. Also pro Justin Wilcox, Cal's head coach. But uh, being you know Jonathan Smith, the Beavs were rolling. I've uh, been loving the Beavs and um, tough one, tough one on yeah, uh, Saturday night. Ass whooping. Right, uh, hats off to Chase Garbers. All right, he's. How yeah. about if you so Chase Garbers is Cal's quarterback and. Um, uh, also, like a lot of guys we talk about, uh, you know, like just really likable guy, solid dude. But uh, his younger I sent him brother, a DM. He didn't hit me back, but you know, I was giving him his flowers. You gave him his flowers. What'd you say? I gave him his flowers. I just said, "Hey, man, I was I was at the game. It was remor- you fucking played your ass off. It was awesome yeah. to watch." Now I did put five hundred dollars on the other team, but you know, he didn't <laughs> know that. <laughs> uh, but he'll get back to you, John. I'm sure he will. Um, you know, he, he had a late night because he and his dad went to go watch his younger brother, Ethan Garber, start for UCLA against Utah. Tough place to start. And uh, just imagine that spawning two starting quarterbacks in college football. You know, that's pretty yeah. impressive work by the uh, by the Garbers. Parents. Maybe that's why he played his ass off. Like you're going to see my young brother who's you know a bigger recruit. Uh, wasn't the story of part of the reason his brother didn't come to Cal. He would have been sitting behind Chase, been a little weird. He went to went UW to initially, went to Washington. Oh, he did. Transferred to UCLA in January. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, didn't get he that piece of information from my uh, from my information giver. That's a good oh, nugget. There you go. There's 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 the nugget. All right, a lot yeah. to get to. 
Let's the go, DoorDash man. is the, the ninety dollar yeah, fee. So it's right here. DoorDash. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Later, everybody. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get sixteen ounce packs of flavorful Angus ninety percent lean ground sirloin for four ninety nine each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on twelve packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.